In today's show, we're going to look back at all 12 games from Wednesday. Some injury updates for tomorrow as well. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Well, it's that day. It's that busy-ass day that we've uh, talked about for about a week now. 12-day games on today. We're 12 games on Friday as well. There's a lot for us to talk about. Let's, in fact, get it on. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) News. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant has a uh, a sore knee. uh, it's, It's one of those weird knee soreness. You don't hear about these ones often. It's one of those ones though when um one of those ones that that only it's seasonal. It only flares up March April. That's it's really only when it happens. So, yeah, well, I don't even know what month it is for you guys. Um what is it? Spring? Yeah, spring. It's a springtime seasonal knee allergy inflammation. We've all had it, haven't we? Jerry Grant's out tomorrow in a game to tank their ass off against the Orlando Magic. Cade Cunningham's questionable. Reckon there's no chance he plays in that one. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr.'s question on the other side, as is Truma Rikiki. Yeah, everyone's sitting. Jalen Suggs isn't playing either. So I don't know who is going to start in place of Jeremy Grant. It could be Isaiah Livers. It could be Kelly Olynyk. They could put Sadiq Bey up at the four. They could start Rodney Magruder. If Cade is out, then Magruder probably starts in place of Cade. And then you probably do have Livers. They could start Marvin Bagley. I don't know. But it means that we are streaming everyone from this team anyway. I think Bagley is probably a better stream than Livers. We've just seen him do it for a little bit longer, but they're both going to be options to stream in Detroit with Jeremy Grant's knee. Just too much for him to handle on this uh, on this Thursday, so he's not going to play. Um, he's not going to play. I don't know what more to say about that. Also, Hamadou Diallo, Frank Jackson also out. Cunningham, as I said, questionable as is Wendell Carter. So, yeah, a bunch of stuff that could um, bunch of stuff that could happen <laughs> in that game, which is going to be pretty disgusting, I think. Dougie McDirt is out for the season with a grade three ankle sprain there. Long one, so he's obviously not returning. Joshy Richardson started there. We'll talk about that more when we recap the Spurs game later on. I don't think he's a 12-team league ad, but him and Lonnie Walker become at least stream options and 14-team league guys. Update on Ben Simmons, and it's not good. Like, it's a clear, he's a clear drop. The expectation is he plays two games. That's what Woj said on the 8th and 10th of April. His back is rooted. He plays those two games in limited minutes. You do not want to hold Ben Simmons. Surely you dropped already. Last week we talked about this. Um, yeah, so bye, bye, bye-bye to Ben Simmons. See you later. What a terrible waste of a season this has been. And uh, Jim Wiseman, old Blunty. Are we going to get him back? Well, it looks like we're going to get him back. I guess the question is going to be, do we care? And the answer to that is probably not for fantasy. He He's still in the G League. He might return Sunday. It's going to be so limited, his role, though, that I don't think that we need to... I don't, we don't need to add. We don't need to worry about him in 12-team leagues. Probably, probably not 14, maybe 16. But he could be back in action on Sunday. We have a lot of games to talk about, so I'm just going to get straight into them. Let's talk about the first one. That first game is the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets. Good win by the Hornets in this one, 106-116. Trey Young played 38 minutes and scored nine points. That doesn't happen too often. 25% shooting is terrible, didn't hit a three. 15 assists and three steals, still, still gives him value, 38 fantasy points. He also copped a knee, or a, sorry, a knee contusion slash thigh contusion. He said it's hurting. I wouldn't be shocked if he appears on the injury report. But this bloke somehow is a very, very quick healer. So I don't expect him to miss much time, if any, 
Anekura Kongwu only played 17 minutes, but 14 and 5 with two blocks is great. We just can't rely upon that level of permanent production. If he was able to do that, then sick. Yeah, that'd be great. I just don't think there's any way you can rely upon him doing that in those sort of minutes. But he obviously remains just someone to watch. Capella had 17 and 15 in 31. He's starting to get better, but still nowhere near his peak, while DeAndre Hunter did it again. You start, he's, he's the biggest, um, I don't know, I've got to find the right word for it. It's the Jordan Clarkson effect. It's the it's the premature box score later. I don't know what you want to call it. But you look at his box score and you go, 20 points, let's fucking go! And then you go, three rebounds, two assists, zero steals, zero blocks. Like he just stacks it up early. and Or maybe he just promises a big game and then fails to deliver. It's all, it's all bluster up the front. Maybe it's, I was going to say, it's, it's a reverse mullet. It's party up the front, business in the back. Or the other way. I don't know. It's some bullshit analogy that I can't come up with. Anyway, he had 21-3-2. This is what DeAndre Hunter does. It's fine for points leagues, but the lack of diversity, the lack of peripheral stats is always frustrating. And he did this on good shooting, but that's not always going to be the case. The Italian cock lasted just 14 minutes with John Collins out. He suffered, what, was it a bicep contusion or some, again, ridiculous injury designation? At least they started Timotei Luau with Cabro 10, 10 minutes in the second half. <sighs> Yeah, we need to see that often. Um, while Kevin Herter played 36 minutes, had 16 and 7, three assists, two steals, and four triples. He's, pro- again, he's probably a back-end 12-team league guy with very little excitement. Uh, Bogdanovich, he was on the buy-low-sell high a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about how what he was doing was unsustainable. He had 12 points on 16 shots with two assists and two threes, and, and it's always, there was always going to be a drop-off. For the Hornets, LaMelo Ball, yes, 36 minutes, finally. 22, 8, and 11 with five threes, great. Miles Bridges, 18, 6, and 6. Well, PJ played 26. He had 16 points, three steals, and a block. Last couple of games have been rough for PJ, but this was good. While Mason Plumlee, just somehow getting it done. 12 and 10, four assists, 22 minutes. Is he a 12-team league guy? I don't think he's a must-roster guy, but there's enough there to have a look at. But this is against a Hawks team that does allow... Uh, quite a lot of um, quite a lot of stats to go against. The Montrezl Harrell had 20, but he only played 20 minutes. So he went bananas. He had 20 points on nine shots. That's great. And they said, thanks, Montrez, but we're still only going to play your 20. They ran the three-man center rotation again, which oh, well, PJ's playing the four, actually. That's not, not real fair. But Montrez just isn't enough playing time. While finally, uh, Terry Regier didn't have his best. Still had three steals, but only shot, um, well, missed his free throw. And only had three rebounds, two assists. Kelly Oubre, another game under 20. I don't know. I've been saying this for a long time. Let's do it once again, just in case. Because I know that there are over 80% of people still rostering this bloke. Get that garbage out of here! Six points on six shots in 19 minutes. And I don't don't doubt that he'll have better games in him than what we've seen the last couple. I just don't care. And I don't think he needs to be held on to at all. There was a slight Gordon Hayward update, but it wasn't really an update. It was like, oh, yeah, he's sure, he's progressing. But we still have no idea when he's coming back. And I find it hard to consider Gordo at this point any sort of hold in fantasy leagues. Maybe if Gordo had had some athletic greens, he'd be feeling a little bit more rambunctious, a little bit more ready to return. Because we know how hard it is to get all the vitamins, minerals, and just to stay healthy. It's bloody tough. So I started taking athletic greens because I just wasn't getting enough greens or vitamins in my day. What it is, one scoop, this green powder, chuck it in a glass, put it in water, mix it up, drink it. Great. You might think that sounds disgusting. And I get it, right? But when you look at it, it looks green green liquid. What is this crap? But it's actually unbelievable. It tastes so good. It gives you vitality and it gets you all those, maybe athletic greens don't want me saying this, that it doesn't look good because it's green. Look, green liquids don't look great. But it tastes bloody great, and the impact is immeasurable. I love what it does for me in getting all of those vitamins, all of those minerals and superfoods into my body in an easy glass. Straightforward stuff. It is great, and it costs you less than three bucks per day. You are investing in your health, and it is cheaper than going out to buy a coffee. I know people love using a coffee comparison. I never go and buy coffees. I got my little coffee bloke right here. But people will spend that money on a coffee every day. Get some greens into you. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, 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 five feet, I can't speak, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Sounds important because it is. All right, let's go to the next game. Philadelphia taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Good win for Philly, 118-114, the final score. Philadelphia, Embiid, 
He was questionable before this game, but played 35 minutes, had 35, 17, and 5 on 68% shooting. Just a gigantic game, 60 fantasy points. Well, Jimmy Harden had 21, 2, and 11 with two steals. Still not shooting well, but got to the line and hit those ones. While Toby Harris, the thin broomstick, but he was actually today more of a thick hogsman. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 39 minutes, 19 and 6 with three threes. And Tyrese Maxey was pretty good himself. 38 minutes. The minutes are strong. He's always going to have good minutes. 25, 2 and 2. What's one of those lines, isn't it? One of the, the DeAndre Hunter. We've seen him start to stabilize now. He's 87th over the last two weeks, and that's a totally reasonable expectation for his rest of season value. Thibault, after... I'm not, I didn't talk about him when he had six steals and two blocks. And today he had zero steals and one block and shot 29%. And this is the problem with Matisse Thibault. Do you know that over the last two weeks, well, you don't know because I'm going to tell you now. Over the last two weeks, he had a game where he had six steals and two blocks in it. He ranks 213th in category leagues. This is the problem with him. Like if he hit it on that game, he loved it. And then everything else has been, why am I bothering with this Tony Snell imposter? It's just pointless until you hit that one big game. And it's Why? Steals and blocks get overrated. And you'll look at his Yahoo ranking. Oh, he's actually not 92. He's actually 70 over the last two weeks, Josh. That's because you're looking at no turnovers. And they are fully valuing steals and blocks, which are so low volume that they can be just completely spiked by those big games. And it really does have an overall impact on rankings and valuations of players, as I've said many, many times. Shake Milton out of the rotation. Only played the three minutes here for the Cavs. Mobley played 31. He had 13 and 9 with one block on 71% shooting. I was going to talk about this at another point, but I'm going to talk about it now. I saw a post on the Fantasy Basketball subreddit. Shout out to the blokes over there who, yeah, if you are on that Fantasy Basketball subreddit, hello to you. Um, talking about Franz Wagner. And, the, and uh, I think someone said, I'm thinking of dropping him. He's struggling at the moment. And there's a multitude of people that responded in there. Oh, it's just the rookie wall. It's the rookie wall. What do you expect? It's the rookie wall. The rookie wall is bullshit, it is fake. It is bullshit. I cannot stress to you enough that it is bullshit. And it is absolutely bullshit if you are using any fantasy basketball decision, if you're basing any decision based on that. It is the biggest load of garbage you'll ever hear. Oh, but Josh, they play so many more minutes, so many more games in the NBA. Of course they hit a wall. Yeah, Evan Mobley just had 13, 9, and 3 with a block on 71% shooting. Scotty Barnes is a top 25 player over the last two weeks. Cade Cunningham's ripping the, the league a complete new asshole. Rookie wall doesn't affect them. Only affects guys when they play shit, yeah? Well, maybe it's just the fact that he's playing shit at the moment and he's just an inconsistent player. If you are ascribing rookie wall features across the board, it's got to be something you can use. It can't be something you can look back on and say, well, he fell off because of the rocky, rookie wall. But these other guys, they're impervious to walls. They're brick resistant. It doesn't work that way. None of this shit works that way. You can, you can put these things out and they just burn into people's heads that it's a real thing. And I know I'm like ranting a little bit here, but it's very important. Because if, if this was real, what you would do is you'd get to the end of January and you'd trade every rookie on your roster away. Well, the rookie wall's coming. I've got to get rid of him. Which is complete garbage. How's Jalen Green going? How's he collating the rookie wall? This is not the exception. The rookie wall is a lie. It is a myth. It is complete garbage. You might have whatever rationale you want behind it, and it makes sense in your head of the tire, tiredness and the extra minutes out, but the numbers and the results do not play that out in the slightest. So if you ever want to react by saying rookie wall or make a trade based on rookie wall, you are doing yourself a disservice. Sorry. But it fired me up. I, I had to resist even posting on that thread because I know I get people arguing with me, but it is complete bullshit. It's complete bullshit. Darius Garland played 38 minutes. He had 22, 5, and 7. His shooting has been poor. He's carrying a big load, as that's what she said, over the last few games, but he's hitting like consistently under 40%. It's hurting us, but the volume's still great. 22, 5, and 7. Well, how's Isaac Okoro? What's going on here? Took nine shots, but had 17 points and played 41 minutes. 17 and 5 is great. Now, that, that, is, that is good. I don't know about you. I do not trust Isaac Okoro to continue to do this. I don't think I would bother in the fantasy playoffs to um, yeah, grab someone like Okoro, hopeful that this you know continues. I, I just don't think it's... I just don't think it's a realistic thing for him to you know, do. 
if that makes sense. I hope it does. Um, I just got distracted by something. Markkinen had 13 and 4 in 33 minutes while Lamar Stevens is starting. I mean, sure. Nine... Uh, 19 minutes for eight points. Kevin Love, uh, it's, you can't. I don't think you can roster him in 12s. It's just too inconsistent. 10 and seven and 17. Karis Levert just continues. Actually, he's actually not a good category league player. Bad from the field, subpar from the line. 15, one and seven. No threes, no steals, no blocks. I would hold him over Love, but it doesn't feel good. I don't, I don't think he's a top 100 guy. They also took uh, the Discman, CD Arsman, out of the rotation. Rotation? Rotation. I'll fight up so much I can't speak anymore. Uh, Dylan Windler replaced him. I don't know if that's a permanent thing. Surely, surely nobody still has Chetty Osman. Oh, look at that. He is still rostered in 12-team leagues in 12% of them. That is too many. That's 12% too many. Maybe they're all inactive teams. Probably, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, and Brandon Goodwin, I thought, played well again. I think he is a better player than Rajon Rondo, but I don't know if the Cavs will see it that way. Hey, shout out to the C part of Moses Brown, who came in, played really good energy, 11 minutes, two steals and a block. No, you don't add him. Please, God, no, don't add him. But deeper leagues, maybe. Maybe look at him. He's uh, he's better than Ed Davis. I feel confident in saying that. And now, after that one fired me up, let's go to the next game. It is the Denver Nuggets. Not as much to talk about in this game because they just kicked their ass. 127-109. That's Denver over Washington. Um, yeah, big win for Denver. Easy win. Jokic played 26 minutes and had 29, 13, 8, 2 steals and a block. That is just a monster game. 63 fantasy points. It's just huge. He's just ridiculous. But how about my man, the big stiffy Bones Highland? 24 minutes, 17, 6, and 5. 33 fantasy points. Top 100 over the last two weeks in 21 minutes. Talked about him a lot this year as he obviously, obviously suffers through the effects of the rookie wall. Um... But how does he get enough minutes to be consistently a 12-team league guy? I I would love it if they just gave him the minutes over Will Barton. But if Michael Porter is allegedly returning in the next week or two, you know, end of next week, middle of next, whatever, I, I'm not sure how he gets the minutes. He should play every single minute over Bryn Forbes and Austin Rivers, and he should play 27-9. and nine. But I'm not sure that he does. Not a bad streamer, though. Rivers had 13-3-2 and, and Monty Morris 15-1-4, which is pretty solid for Monty. Aaron Gordon, much like Kevin Love, like we know the name. We know there can be upside. I guess in Gordon's case, it's all theoretical. But 14 points in 22 minutes, two rebounds, zero assists. Like what, what are we holding on for? I don't think you need to. In a 12-team league, I can you get better value streaming. Farton Will Barton's two games prior to this were good, but four points on nine shots, or sorry, on six shots is horrendous. He did have five assists and two steals, and I would hold him... Um, I'll hold him pretty clearly over Aaron Gordon, but I get the desire to drop. But the Wizards, another ass kicking. They're just, they're just bad. KCP, he was on, was he on the buy low, sell high show? I think he was. And we're talking about how his free throws are out of control. Since then, he's gone two of four today and two of three yesterday. So four of seven over the last two days, really killing that number, which I thought was going to drop. Didn't think it was going to come down to 62%. or Whatever the four of seven is. Is it 62 or is it 58? I'm trying to work it out in my head. Ish Smith played 23 minutes, 7-2 and two with two steals and a block. He's a good assist streamer. Didn't really get him here. Well, Neto only played 19 minutes. That doesn't make a lot of sense considering there's no other point guard. Um, yeah, and they decided to go with three centers again. The same problems are back. Gafford played 14. Tom Bryant played 11. Porzingis played 23 as they continue to look dreadful. 16 and 7 with three blocks. No, you don't have to hold Dan Gafford at all. In fact, um, yeah, what do you reckon? Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, get him out of there. Well, Kyle Kuzma, the future MVP. That hot streak, that is in the distance. Six points, 30%. Usage has been hit with Porzingis there. Efficiency's down, apparently. The seven assists are nice. The nine rebounds are nice. But he's fallen off pretty significantly over the last two weeks. Denny Avdia, 28 minutes, 19, 7 and 3. That's great. I just don't trust it because his minutes have just been all over the shop. And Kispert had 15 with two triples. All in all, this team's a mess. I think there's going to be a lot of messy things going on with them. I actually didn't mention Rui Hachimura. 12 and 7 with three assists and two steals. One of his better games, uh, 27 minutes. I don't think that he's going to be a 12-team uh, a league option for us. But it's worth, it's worth just keeping an eye on it at this point. It's also worth keeping an eye on college basketball, the tournament. It's here. It's here tomorrow. And... BetOnline.net has all the latest odds, contests, and player props for you as your number one sport source for sports betting. 
BetOnline is the best spot for all of your sports scores, your podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Who do you think is going to win the tournament? Me? I've got no idea. But that's why I can go and have a read of stuff and go and watch some stuff and listen to people. And if I want to do it, BetOnline's there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Next game, Portland, Knicks. Another blowout loss for Portland. 128 to New York, 98 Portland. I look at this box score and I look at it and I go, first of all, I think kids cover your ears and I go, fucking Chris Dunn. Like fucking Chris Dunn. We're playing 28 minutes to fucking Chris Dunn. Thought I was out of this guy, the business of this guy, of him annoying me and people loving the potential because he was a top five pick. And now these dickhead teams play Chris Dunn 28 minutes. 13 points, seven assists and a steal. I didn't think he'd get anywhere near these minutes. Is he anything for the future? <laughs> no. Is there a chance that he provides 12-team value for assists and steals? Well, if they're going to bloody use him like this, then yes. And especially considering I'm still really doubtful that Simons returns. And I know one thing. I know Brandon Williams isn't the answer. I know he's not. So maybe... I, I wouldn't want to risk it. But Jesus, it's it's here now. Drew Eubanks, 30 minutes, 10 and 9 with 5 assists. Look, that's fine enough. Well, Josh, the DGAF heart, had 17, 5 and 3. Not his best night, but he'd been playing pretty well prior to this. Watford still got 32 minutes with Winslow back. 11, 8 and 5. Obviously, not to the same level he was at before, but still a 12-team holder. Well, Winslow... 7-7, seven seven, 2 assists, 19 minutes. I don't mind grabbing him. I would add him over Dunn. I would add him over Williams. He's back from this Achilles soreness. Hopefully it sticks. As for Williams, 29 minutes, 14 points. Two threes, two blocks, but 40% from the field on a lot of attempts. Missed both his free throws. Somehow he is, he is Westbrooking your percentages without providing the counting stats that Westbrook usually does. More on Russ later. Um... But yeah, like giving Chris Dunn 28 minutes and then minimizing Keon Johnson down to 18 or Elijah Hughes to just garbage time doesn't make a lot of sense in development, does it? Shout out Chauncey Billups. For the Knicks, Barrett, 48 minutes, 31, 4 and 5, two steals and a block. And I'm going to criticize RJ Barrett for empty lines with bad percentages. I've got to say this is a great line with big, big full numbers and big percentages. Great. 51 fantasy points. We love that. Quickly did a bit of damage in the, at the end of the game. 18-5-6 and six on 80%. Took five shots, but good numbers nonetheless. Or excellent numbers. And then got to the line eight times. Well, Mitchie Robinson had seven and six with five blocks. Great. Also, a solid game from Juice McBride with his three assists and two steals. I don't really trust that. And the double royal. Julius Randle had 20-9, and nine, seven assists, a steal, and a block. Of course, he shot 28 from the field, but great from the line. 10 of 12 from there. Fournier, the disease, scrotum, 28 minutes, 14-2-6. and six. Like, that's like, all right. I still don't think he's 12-team must roster. And Burks, he had 10-6, and six, not his best night. Um, I would have Burks over Fournier, personally. But I can get how they're both um, both back-end guys. And do you want to know how much of a blow this is? Ryan Archer-Jackano, who plays for this team, played 3 minutes, 38 seconds. Many of you, and I do not blame you, would not have known that Ryan Archer-Jackano plays for that team. That is how far into the bench your mate Thomas Thibodeau was able to go. So, uh, yeah. Um, the Blazers continue to be disappointing with some interesting fantasy guys who are going to be wildly inconsistent. This is what they do. This is what these, say, bad players or, you know, young players who aren't good prospects do. Like, they they just... They do that. They're just not good in the uh, in, in the um, the scheme of things is what I'm, what I'm trying to say there. All right. Let's go to the... Um, Let's go to the next... Yeah, let's go to the next game. That's that's a good idea. All right. The Mavs. The Nets. Big win for Dallas. Game winner again from Spencer Dinwiddie. Game winning three. He played 33 minutes. Came off the bench in the second half, but started the first half. 22 points, two triples, and three steals. He has been amazing for Dallas after being literally horrible in Washington for the start of the season. Environment matters. Team fit matters. It makes a big difference. I didn't expect it to be this sort of turnaround at all. He's been great. Doncic had 37-9-9 with five threes, which is huge. And Dwight Powell played 30 because they started Kleber at power forward in the second half. So they didn't really have a backup going. 
Powell had 12 and 6, which is solid. And if he was to start next to Kleber, you would consider adding Powell. I wouldn't do it yet. Kleber didn't do much, apart from play really good defense, but stat-wise, nothing there. And Finney Smith finally had an off game, 9 and 6 in 34. And Brunson, even though Dinwiddie played well, um, Brunson still did all right, 18, 5 and 3, and he's absolutely worth holding. The Nets, of course, were without Kyrie Irving, so Goran Dragic played 36 minutes. 21, 3 and 4 for Dragic. That's a big game. Reminder, including today, over the last two weeks, he's played 26 minutes a night, and he's ranked 241st. So I wouldn't get excited about grabbing him. But if you are looking for an assist stream, maybe we look at that with Kyrie out the next two. Durant hurt his toenail at the end of the game. He said he was fine. 23, 6 and 10. Well, Drummond had big game. 14 and 17. 7 or 8 from the field. Blocked a shot. And played just 22 minutes. And Claxton got more minutes than him again. 13 and 5 in 26 for Claxton. So what do they do when Aldridge is back? Now, Aldridge might not be back. He's going to be reevaluated at some point next week. It might be a couple of weeks away. And Claxton still can be a streamer, but it's probably more for 14s. Well, the Shark, Bruce Brown, had 17, 90, not 90, 17, 9, and 5 in his 39 minutes, and Millsy did nothing. Three threes in 36 minutes, and he just isn't. Even as a streamer, I don't even like him as a streamer in 12-team formats, Paddy Mills. And I know that's like hand in your Australian passport, but he's just not fantasy relevant. I'm sorry to say, Patrick. Let's go to the next game. I don't know why I said let's go like that. Like I was some, you know, hip YouTuber. It's your boy. Let's go. Um, the Suns won. I've lost my absolute mind today. The Suns 129. The Rockets 112. There was no Jay Crowder. There was no Cam Johnson. So your mate, Tory Craig, started. NBL legend. Brisbane Bullets legend. Tory Craig. 34 minutes, 21 and 14 with three threes, two blocks, 100% shooting. If you are expecting Tory Craig to do this, you are fucking kidding yourself. There is no way. This is just one of those games where you go, all right, Tory Craig did it. He did the thing. Do not react to it. Do not respond to it. I don't even think Crowder's injury is significant. I think he'll be back next game. Booker had 36-4-4 four and four and continues his torrid run. He's the fourth-ranked player over the last two weeks, while Bridges had 26-3-5, three and five, three steals, played 43 minutes on the second night of a back-to-back in a game they won by 17. Like, Monty, calm down a little bit. Probably didn't need to play in 43 tonight. Aiton had 23 and 11, while Campaign had six points on 10 shots, which is bad, but seven rebounds and 11 assists at least rescues it somewhat. No big night from McGee, no big night for Aaron Holiday. They're not 12-team league guys. McGee's still rostered in too many 12-team leagues, and he obviously does not need to be. Well, not obviously, because people are still holding him. Um, he doesn't need to be rostered. For the Rockets, Eric Gordon was out with an illness this time, not a knee issue, an illness. Man, he's really copping it, isn't he, at the moment? So with him out, they started Gary Bird. Garrison Matthews played 14 minutes, three points. He looks like a quarter of the player he was to start the year. There were people frothing the shit out of this guy at the start of the season. Um, he wasn't that good. I also don't think he's this bad. He hit one three. That was it. He had two steals. He's not a 12-team league guy. And of course, when you've got the opportunity with Gordon out on a team that's bad and a young first-round player who's guard-sized, wing-sized, and you could probably give him some extra minutes, it makes a lot of sense to play Dennis Schroeder 28 minutes. 17-3-6 for Schroeder, one of his better games for the team. I, I don't know why we bother with it. And I wouldn't add him based on this, even again, with this game, over the last two weeks. Playing 27 minutes a night, he ranks 208th. So I wouldn't bother. But it's a baffling coaching decision. It's not going to be the last baffling coaching decision we talk about today. There are others. Don't worry. Christian Wood played 27, 18, and 9, and just defecated on your percentages. Didn't block a shot, which is also sick. While the delicate dancer... Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Can you guys drop him? What are you doing? Five and three, three assists and three steals. The three steals are nice, but the percentages are whack. Yeah, if Wood goes out, stream him in. Yeah, that, that's when we fire up. But holding on, don't worry, guys. My diamond hands are taking me there. If you've been holding Shengun all season, you're not in the playoffs, so doesn't, that doesn't matter anyway. Um, let's talk good. Jalen Green, rookie walled his way to 22 points with four threes and a steal, while cousin Kevin Porter Jr. Our relative scored 21 with four rebounds, eight assists, two steals, two blocks, five triples, hit both his free throws. Am I living in bizarro world? Kevin Porter's getting defensive stats. He's hitting shots. He's draining threes. He's not missing free throws. Do not expect this unless you just want, unless you're, what's, what, you're a masochist? Yeah, you're a masochist. You just want to set yourself up for pain. Do not expect this from Cousin Kev. It's great when it happens. Watch out for a 6-5-4 and four game next time going 0-3 from the line and 10-29 of 29 from the field or some crazy bullshit like that. 
But it was good to get a game like this. Oh, the wild thing. Jay Sean Tate. I am going so long on this show. I apologize. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Yeah, I can't do much about it. I've just got a lot to say. Jay Sean Tate played 24 minutes, 10 and 4. Oh, we should jack him all the way off. Get that garbage out of here! Giggity! Um... Yeah, no need to hold him. While well, KJ Martin played on 19 and had 11 and 4. He's still just one to watch, KJ. Not a must roster guy. All right, I'm going to crack the criticism bones in my body. Because it's time to talk Lakers. I'm not going to be too aggressive because I think you already know that they're dreadful. But they lost to the Wolves 124-104. Russell Westbrook does not care. His lack of trying. There's a great great clip that um, Worldwide Wob tweeted out today of Beverly on him. And Westbrook stands still like he just had a stroke or something, like he got paralyzed. He just stands there. And Beverly just runs around. He runs up past him, gets rebounds. Um, it's actually embarrassing. And I know that there is a clear dysfunction going on with this team, this organization, which maybe they should have seen some of this shit coming when they assembled one of the worst rosters of all time. But it was embarrassing to watch. He was, he was horribly bad. And the Wolves, they were not letting him uh, not letting him escape it. 15-4-5 with two steals is not a terrible counting stat line for Westbrook. Of course, he was dreadful from the percentages. If you want to talk about dreadful from the percentages, what about LeBron James? A fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. You want to put this game on his goat resume. 19-5-4 with two blocks and a steal, but 38% shooting, 40% from the line. Again, if there was no Kareem record to chase here... He wouldn't be playing. He would not. His knee would be... I, I, I generally think his knee and groin and ankle are foobard. Like, they are done. But he is playing through it, and it's making him look terrible on the court. There is a clear chemistry issue. There is clear issues with everything about this team. How this plays out in the, in the offseason, Westbrook's gone, of course, but is Palinka gone? What does LeBron do? I, got, I have no idea what happens with this team. Malik Monk was pretty solid. That's the best I can do. 13, 5, and 6 with two steals. While Mallow had 16 points, unfortunately, he was rough everywhere else. I still think he's worth holding. Horton Tucker lasted nine minutes. And we're playing like Wayne Ellington, 18 minutes. Why? They started Howard. He had two points and two blocks. And Gabriel had 10 and 2. Like Just play Wenyan Gabriel 30 minutes. Let's see what can happen here. Is it any worse than Dwight Howard or DJ Augustin or Wayne Ellington or Avery Bradley or Stanley Johnson? The answer is an emphatic no. It is not any worse than those guys. So just try it. Maybe someone with a bit of a future might be worthwhile, not 35-year-old blokes who were good 10 years ago. On to the Wolves. They got most of their players back. Of course, Jaden McDaniels, his season's basically done, regular season. Uh, there was no Naz Reed. Townsy didn't score 60. He just had 30 and 26, while Beverly played 29 minutes, 18 and 6, one steal, three blocks, two triples. I know it is immensely frustrating, the questionable tags and the games that he misses. But when he plays, he is clearly a must-roster player. Clearly top, um, what is he, top 100 this season? Yeah, clearly. Goose, Anthony Edwards. <music> sort of tweet from Steve McPherson today saying, oh, we really made a mistake. Um not nicknaming Anthony Edwards Goose. And and internally I thought, who is this we that you speak of? Anyway, Edwards is good numbers. Still worry about the knee a lot. But 27-6-4 with six triples, two steals, and a block. While the artist formerly known as Torian Prince, Purple reigned in three triples with 13 points, a steal, and a block on 44% shooting. He has some short-term value in 14s for sure. I would add Jared Vanderbilt Bar though. 25 minutes in his first game back, nine boards, two steals. Now you've got to understand what he gives you. He's not going to be a scoring explosion. He's going to rebound. He's going to steal. He'll get some blocks and he'll be high field goal percentage. But he's going to have to play minutes. And that's valuable for you. Add him. If it makes sense. The fact that they won by 20 points with D'Angelo Russell putting up whatever this is, is impressive. Six points on 18%. One rebound and six assists. No steals, and he went one of three from the line. One of the worst games you will see. Yet they still win by 20. Don't panic with D'Lo, but it's obviously annoying to get a game like this at this point. Well, Malik Beasley, yeah, he's back to being bad again, so you can go and uh, get rid of him out of your lineups. Let's go to the next one. The Thunder keep it close, and they go down to the Spurs. 120 to 122 is the, uh, is the final score there. Shea played... All the doomsdayer guys who saw the questionable tag he played, 
He had 34, 6, and 8, three steals and a block. Not saying he's not going to miss time, but he played. 62 fantasy points, that's great. That's great. How about Darius Baisley? The meme of all memes from last fantasy basketball season has now decided, all right, now I can be good. Now I can hit shots. 25 and 9 with four threes. Now, this level of shooting, I feel pretty confident in saying it's not going to be real. It's not going to stick. He's been shit out for the first 60 games of this year with his shooting. But he's turning it on now, and he's got to be on a 12-team roster. The Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, played 25. He had eight points with eight assists and two steals. And there are minutes available here with Giddy, Dort, Favors, Williams from Scarlett, Jerome, and Robinson earlier. I don't really think any of them are close to returning. Well, some of them are definitely not returning. So there is something there with Maladon. Well, Mann had 9, 7, and 4. I just don't think Trey Mann's very good. I know that at the moment, and I'm not sure about his long-term upside. I know people will disagree with that, and that is fine. Um, I don't love his fantasy appeal either. Sure, if you want to hold him, there's nothing wrong with that. I would have Pokashevsky over him, who had 16 and 6 in 27. While Aaron Wiggins, a much worse fantasy player than Poku, had two points on 14%. I do not think Aaron Wiggins is a must. I think the role is appealing, but yeah, his value is not that good. Let's talk about something that annoyed me. All right, so before this game, they said, all right, guys, Isaiah Roby's starting here. Like, why is Roby starting again? All right. Is he back to a pickup? Well, let's see. Well, maybe not. He played 14 minutes and had 10 and 3, while the incantation Olivier Saar. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. I think you'll find it's actually Olivier Saar, but he had 8 points in 18 minutes. So, in effect, kids, might as well just not listen to the rest of this podcast. It's all just fucked. Like, what do we do with this? We don't hold on to Roby. Don't worry about it. He'll probably have 30 and 20 next game, or some shit in 42 minutes. Or he won't play at all. There's no certainty with Saar, with Roby. You're just throwing darts at this stage. With the last three games, you're throwing darts. You've got no idea what's going to happen. It's annoying. Vic Krejci had eight points in 20 minutes, so that's sick. While Lindy Waters, man, this dude loves a shot. Doesn't love hitting him quite as much. 0-4 for zero points in 12 minutes for the Spurs. Joshie Richardson started, played 28 minutes, had 17, 7, and 3 with three threes. Remember the team he's playing against? But that's solid enough to be a 14-team league ad, as is the value of what Lonnie Walker can bring you. Hello! 20 points in 22 minutes. Now, it was 33% shooting. He does nothing else in any other area. And that limits his 12-team value. But maybe in 14s, there's something there. Well, I liked Evan Vassell. This is not a good game. This is bad. 3-1-3, and three, 17%. He has still been a top 140 player this year in only 27 minutes. But be ruthless, man. Look, if it doesn't make sense for your team, if you're sick of it, the upside's not that high. He's not going to be a top 50 player. He might be top 80, might be top 90, maybe. Maybe not even that high. If you want to drop him, who gives a shit? Get rid of him. He's not that good that you have to hold on. There's going to be a lot of these bad games, unfortunately. I like him, but yeah. Pirtle had 15 and 14. DeJounte had 26, 9 and 12 with four steals. Another huge game from him. Well, Calden Johnson, turning it on a little bit at the moment. 22, 6 and 6 with five threes. Good to see the six assists. And two steals. That's like a career's worth for Kelton. So good for him for getting those couple of uh, defensive stats chucked in there. Chicago Bulls and the Utah Jazz. What a shock to see the Bulls lose to a good team. 125-110. Levine, still not right, I don't think. It's all about not right. We'll get to that in a second. Um, the knee is just going to con- continually bother him. Here's a quote. It says, Zach Levine was limping at one point, and that's why Donovan pulled him for a bit. But Donovan reiterated after the game that Levine just has to manage the left knee. Nothing to see here. All right, nothing to see, my guy. That is not nothing to see. If you're limping, you have to be pulled out of the game. That is definitely something to see. In fact, we all saw it. That's not nothing to see. He's going to manage it all year. He's not right. I'm not saying he's going to sit down or anything, but he's going to miss some games for rest, for sure. DeRozan had 25, 5, and 7. Good return to some efficiency there. While Dasunmu played 31, 15, 3, and 6. Dasunmu is a hold until Lonzo Ball comes back, which means he's a hold through fantasy playoffs. Um, Vooch had 10 and 11. Rough rough night from him. He was definitely not very good. While Alex Caruso, his wrist is is buggered. Like, I know he came back from the surgery. He, it's, he's holding it like it's not even attached to his body. He had two points in 25 minutes. Alex Caruso, unless you need steals. It's not right. Kobe White had 12 points in 20 minutes. Nothing to see there. Don Mitchell was great. 37 with nine threes and five assists. And Gobert had 14 and 20 with a steal and four blocks. Big. And how about this bloke? Jordy Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. The big story here is he had two steals and five rebounds. 
also 26 points on 61%. While Conley, again, the faith repaid 14, 2, and 7 with a steal and a block. How about your mate, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's been obviously dreadful all season? Chipped in with 22 points, 16 triples. No, he didn't. If he hit 16 triples, it would have been a bigger news story. He had 16 points with three triples and probably a big factor than pulling away and winning in the end. This was, of course, with Bogdanovich out and Forrest out and House out. But maybe rotation minutes. Don't add him. Please don't do it. But just watch it. Rudy Gay only played the 18 minutes. Well, Juancho Hernan Gomez Netflixed his way for two points on zero of three shooting. Don't know why they started him. Didn't make sense to start him. Doesn't make sense in hindsight. But it doesn't really matter because they got the comfortable win against the Chicago Bulls. Let's go to the next game. A pretty comfortable victory in the end here for Boston over Golden State. 110-88. Marcus Smart played 34 minutes. He had 20 points with eight assists and four triples. He's been great. A top 50 player over the last two weeks. But I know that plenty of people are going to take issue with uh, that player, especially that injured Steph Curry. I don't really know how I feel about it. Um, I don't. It's not malicious. In any, I don't think he's diving to try and hurt Steph Curry. The ball is there, and this is what Marcus Smart does. Like he dives to try and grab the ball, but obviously it is there's a, it's a dangerous area. Should you know players be going down to grab balls in those situations? Should the player like Steph be going down himself rather than Steph? I, I don't know. It's it is a tough one. I don't think it's going to be a serious injury for Steph. Fingers crossed. But um, they did hit him with a flagrant foul on this one. And what do you guys think? Do you think this is like just dirty play? I don't think it's dirty at all. I think it might be careless or reckless. I do do not think it's dirty. But you never want to see someone get injured. You can say the same thing. Players get injured taking charges. Or players injure, injure, try again, players injure others by taking charges. And that's something I have a real issue with in general. So I guess, yeah. Plays that can cause injury. But this is to me like you're going for the ball. And you may be a little bit recklessly. I don't know. I'm still, I'm not really decided on it. I don't have to have an opinion on everything. Jason Tatum, 26 and 12 with three threes. Bit inefficient, but great otherwise. Only 24 minutes for the Rock DJ, but he blocked four shots. While it was a bit of a rough one for Al Horford. 32 minutes, six and five. Hard to get too upset considering he's a top 30 player over the last two weeks somehow. But the numbers were always going to come down for him. Like there was just no way that was going to stick at that level. Guys, you, you don't you don't have to do it. You don't have to hold maximum Derek Wyatt. Maximum Derek. I know a lot of people still are. You don't need to do it. Zero points in 22 minutes. Missed all eight of his shots. He's been really bad the last couple of weeks. The role is reduced. You don't, you don't hold him. Just move on. Jalen Brown had 26 and 7 in 35. Um, didn't shoot well. Took a lot of them. Didn't shoot particularly well. For the Warriors, again, all eyes are going to be on what's going on with Steph. He had three points in four. He wasn't playing particularly well before the injury. I don't think it's going to be anything serious. Again, as I said, I hope maybe. If he is out, then you're going to get a lot of value out of Jordan Poole, who had 29 points with six threes, two steals, and a block in 34 minutes. Looney played 27. He had nine and eight, a steal, two blocks. I think Looney's a 14-team league guy, and I don't think he's going to lose his starting spot for James Wiseman, but he probably loses a little bit. I don't think he's a 12-er. They started Otto Porter over John Kaminga. 25 minutes for Porter for five points, while Kaminga really struggled. Five points on 17% with one rebound and no defensive stats. I think with Draymond back, I know Kaminga's been pretty good. I think you can move on. While Clay Thompson was also terrible. 18 points is great. Three rebounds, one assist, no defensive stats, 33% on 24 attempts, and was one of two from the line. His field goal percentage has been a real problem all season. And that's to be expected when you miss three years, that you're going to have some field goal percentage issues, but it's hurting for fantasy. Moses Moody also left this game early and wasn't able to return. He could have got some extra minutes, I guess, with Steph out, but we won't know. Maybe he's out longer than Steph long-term. We just don't know. Draymond, 22 minutes, only two points. That's very Draymond. But eight rebounds, three assists, and two steals. So sort of still doing Draymond stuff and still providing enough value to be um, useful to your fantasy team, even in the limited minutes that he is out there at the moment. But we you know, cross our fingers. We hope Steph's going to be okay and, and not miss time. But at this stage, you know, we have to wait for that update. And we'll probably, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, get that update on Curry and his ankle tomorrow. Let's go to the next game. The Bucks get the win over the Kings. 
What was the final score? 135 to 126. Sacramento made it closer towards the end of the game, but Milwaukee ends up pulling away, as they should, as the significantly better team. For the Bucs, um, Middleton, 32, 8, and 8, 7 threes. A great game. Giannis, 36 and 10, two steals and a block. Great, including 75% from the line. Drew Holiday fired up late, 21 and 4 with four steals, while Bobby Portis played 30 minutes. He had 12 and 6 with a steal and a block on 71%. He is still a must-roster player. Brooke Lopez, three points in 15 minutes. Love Brooke Lopez. Get that garbage out of here! But you do not need to roster him in 12-team leagues. Please don't. Please. Grayson Allen's giving us, like, real jack shit energy, isn't he? He's doing nothing. Six points in 20... Because I guess he's no good. That's probably why. Six points with two threes in 23. You do not need to roster him. While Drew had 21, 4, and 3. And four steals. So big name, big games from the big guys here on the Bucks For the Kings, they made the curious decision. And by curious, I mean stupid. Decision to start Justin Holiday over Dante DiVincenzo. But... At least it was corrected by playing 30 minutes of Dante DiVincenzo. 19, 4, and 1, 3 steals and 4 threes, and probably should be on a 12-team roster. We also got 30 Davion Mitchell minutes. 19, 3, and 4. Pretty strong. I wouldn't bite on him for 12 or 14, but this was good. Whereas Holiday played under 20 minutes. Again, shouldn't start. Shouldn't start next game, but they keep doing it. Trey Lyles played 33. That's a lot of Trey Lyles minutes. He had 12 points, but the 12 boards are interesting. Still on a block's interesting. I would only look for deepers. I wouldn't bother in 12-team leagues. But the minutes increases is intriguing. De'Aaron Fox, finally, the shot didn't fall. And he did have to make a trip to the locker room and a trip to the bench with a sore hand. 37 minutes, 21, 4, and 7 with three threes on 35%. He was shooting at such a ridiculous level, it was always going to fade. But the fact that he was able to produce these numbers on a game where the shot wasn't falling is impressive. Sabonis so had 22, 5, and 7, but a little bit subpar with some of the shooting. Like, you hope he's like a 55, 56 guy, but he's at 46, which is fine, but not for a player like that. Well, Harrison Barnes, yeah, that's pretty rough from uh, Barnesy. He was, you know, limited because Trey Lyles played so much. 22 minutes for Barnes, 10 and 3. They also played a little bit of Rashawn Holmes next to Sabonis. Holmes, of course, ended with six points in 13 minutes, so nothing that gets us excited. But they did play those guys together, and Damian Jones out of the rotation. So, yep, that is uh, that is that from that game. All right, so let's do the last game of the night, the Raptors and the Clippers. The, I don't know what, Clippers. Why do I sound like that? I'm really struggling today with words, aren't I? The Raptors win it 103-100 on the road. Siakam was excellent. 31-12 with three threes, 59% shooting. And they brought Ken Birch back in to start, but it was still the big sneeze, Precious Achua, who got the minutes. 27 of them, 9-5 with two blocks. I still don't think he's a 12-team league guy. Maybe in 14s, but even then, I'm not super keen on that. While Scotland Barnes, rookie walled his way to 17-5 with uh, 40 minutes and a steal. Good numbers for him. Van Bleet. Only 36, which is low for him. 21, 2, and 3. He is struggling at the moment. The knee is clearly not right. He is going to keep playing through it, but don't be surprised when he sits back-to-backs. And then Gaz Trent. This is the um, is the Gary Trent problem, isn't it? Like, he shot so well for so long. But this is why I didn't like him this year. And he has improved significantly. But he has these nights. 7 points on 11%. He still brought the two steals. So part of what he used to do was, he'd have these nights, and he'd have them half the time. And give you nothing else. No steals, nothing. Now at least he gives you big steals, which helps his value. But this hurts, man. Seven points on nine uh, nine shots, 11%. It's pretty rough. Hopefully he gets it back together. Boucher played 22 minutes and had six and six. And with the team healthy, he's not worth it. Well, not healthy. Just one guy out, he's not worth it. He needs two injured starters to be a 12-team league guy. Yet he is still rostered in a shit ton of leagues and does not need to be. For the Clippers, Marcus Morris back after his rest, 35 minutes, 22, 6, and 7, really playing well over the last few games. While Terrence Mann had a big game off the bench, 16, 9, and 4. It's really hard to trust him or Coffee or any of these guys in terms of their playing time. Yeah, Mann is the guy you prefer over Coffee, but I still don't love it as a must. Batum played 32 minutes with two blocks. He's good enough, but I don't trust it in most leagues. And Reggie Jackson had 23, 2, and 9. Bob Covington also returned. Three steals, that's what he does. Yeah, he's much more valuable than, say, Matisse Thibel because of his consistency and ability to produce in some other areas. But this was solid enough. Or even to Zubas, who'd been killing us. Oh, well, not killing us, killing the league with big numbers and big minutes. Played 17. Barely played. Had 2 and 7. 
the matchup wasn't for him, so they went with Hartenstein. And this, again, brings in the conundrum of the Clippers, of just the mix-and-match nature of their roster. Hartenstein played 24 and had 12-5. and five. Zubats had 2-7 and seven in 17 minutes, while Luke Kennard, who'd been putting up big numbers, goes scoreless in 22. It's why you can't fall for the Kennard. Or even like Terrence Mann or Batum with good numbers here, you can't fall for it. Because it's just not going to be consistent enough that you're going to use, you're going to burn a game in a roto league, you're going to burn an ad in a in a uh, head-to-head league, and it's going to cost. Like it, The only guy I feel even remotely confident with is Jackson. Less so with Morris. I, it would have had Zubats up there, but you know, confidence shaken. Covington's maybe a little bit confident, but upside is really capped by his minutes. It's just a very hard team to deal with, fantasy-wise. And now, let's look at the best players for the day. The Lions of the night, you're monstrous. It does go to Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Your waiver wire is, amazingly, out of nowhere, Tory Craig. The young gun is Anthony Edwards, while he gets to share the awards with his teammate, because the dud of the night is D'Angelo Russell. Your top 10 players today, it goes number one, Jokic followed by Luka Doncic, Chris Middleton, DeJounte Murray, Tory Craig, Donovan Mitchell, LaMelo Ball, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, and cousin Kevin Porter Jr. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Tory Craig at number one. Don't buy it. Don't worry about it. Bones Highland, the big stiffy. Hmm, interesting. Maybe a streamer. Definitely more 14 than 12, though. Trey Lyles, I don't buy it. Kevon Looney, I don't really buy it either. DiVincenzo, I do. I would add him in 12s. Davion Mitchell, 16, maybe 14, probably more 16. Okongwu, Deepers. Dennis Schroeder, no thank you. Isaac Okoro, yeah, 14 teams. And then Denny Avdia, don't really buy that for most leagues at all. And your top 10 players in points leagues today. Number one was Doncic, followed by DeJounte Murray, Nikola Jokic, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Joel Embiid, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Rudy Gobert, Zach Levine, and Rowan Barrett Jr. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Sorry that we've gone so long. What code word can I give you to drop in the comments? Um, buzzer. Don't know why, but just drop a buzzer in the comments as well as anything else you want to comment down there as well, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.